When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Friday night in Ohio State just pulled off a big one from the transfer portal. Caleb Downs, the former five-star safety in the 2023 class, turned five-star player at Alabama, freshman All-American, one of the best player safeties in the country, immediately went into the transfer portal after Nick Saban's decision to retire. And it was, by all reports, going to be a battle between Georgia, where his position coach at Alabama is now employed, and Ohio State, the team who felt like they were the runner-up to Alabama for him as a recruit. And it felt like for most of the week, Georgia was trending. And then Nathan, all reports came out on Friday evening that Caleb Downs is headed to Ohio State and said that we do know that Ohio State, some of the coaches were down in Georgia visiting with Caleb Downs earlier this week. I mean, I'm not going to ask you how big this is because clearly it's a big deal. But the last time Ohio State pulled out a former five-star recruit heading into his second year out of the SEC, his name was Justin Fields. And we saw what Justin Fields came to, went on to be as an Ohio State football player. Caleb Downs has two years at least that he'll be playing college football. Outside of Justin Fields, and that's just because of positional value, is this the biggest pool that Ohio State has ever pulled out of the transfer portal in this day and age? Uh- I mean, he only has two years of football left. Like he's not like he's he's that good. He was the best. He was the best freshman defensive player in the country this past year. Yeah. He might be he might be Ohio State's best defensive player now. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he's this is it now. You can't really compare the impact of a quarterback and a safety. That's mm-hmm. that's different. And frankly, uh, frankly, they didn't need another safety. Like they were doing kind of just fine. <laughs> like they brought Malik Harford along the way they did. They had Sonny Styles, that who I think probably needs to move, as we talked about before, but uh, could have been in the safety mix. And now it's just you've already got what was on paper looking like it was going to be the best defense in the country, and then you plop this guy on the back end of it. Uh, you know, 107 tackles this past year. Pro Football Focus listed him as a first-team All-American, not first-team freshman All-American, first-team All-American. Mm-hmm. And he was second-team for um, other big lists, AP, Sporting news. I'm just trying to get people, make sure people know the, the caliber of player that Ohio State is getting here. Like this is right away one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten. He's already one of the best defensive players in the country. Really, I mean, you can jump it. You can jump it to that level already. And what this now means, the repercussions of each of these returns that Ohio State had on defense, and now the repercussions of an addition like this on top of it just reverberates through the whole program because every time any questions that you still have on offense just get um, softened 
by what they've done with this defense. And you know, this is already a defense that did not give up more than 14 points in a game until the Michigan game. It's the only time it happens all season. And this defense is going to be better next year. And they're not going to play a team, I don't think, all season that was as good as that Michigan team. So you can kind of start to do the math on what is ahead of this defense in terms of performance in 2024. Andrew, we talked about this on the Friday recruiting pod as part of that discussion. We talked about some transfer stuff too, mainly Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor. And we talked about which one would be more valuable while also acknowledging the fact that getting Caleb Downs is nothing to snuff to you know, pump your nose up out here. So I, I want to talk about, now that it's real, now that he's actually here, we don't have to talk about this in hypotheticals. You've got Caleb Downs, who's clearly going to be a, star, a starter for you. And he's probably going to be either a bandit or an adjuster, depending on what you want to do with Lathan Ransom. But I would assume those are your two high safeties. And then you've got that nickel situation where Sonny Styles was the starter. And then we saw Jordan Hancock come in in those third down situations. But also, depending on who the opponent was, you saw Sonny Styles play more snaps versus having Jordan Hancock play more snaps at that nickel safety, nickel corner, nickel sand, whichever one you want to classify it as. But when you bring a guy in like Caleb Downs, does that open up the options of what you can do with Sonny Styles in terms of his future and what position you want to play him at long term? Well, it opens up the options for everything. You know, like I called this, uh, you know, I, I believe it was on the, the Friday pod that we did. I, I said that Caleb Downs was like a Minka Fitzpatrick, Kyle Hamilton type of player. That's what you're getting. You're getting like a, a guy who, hey, this guy's going to go in, what would that be, the 2026 first round. There it is. So, like, that's the kind of player you're getting. So, what do you do? You build around that type of player. So, you mentioned Ransom and you mentioned um, Downs are your two high safeties. Okay, well, now you got a front four, and we can get into this here in a minute, but you can make the case that Ohio State has the best defensive line and the best secondary in the country right now. And when you have the front four that you have, you feel pretty good about keeping those guys on the field. And then you, what do you have in the middle? You have options because what happened when, you know, when, when Ohio State played Notre Dame, what happened when Ohio State played Michigan and Penn State and kind of teams that maybe tried to run the ball a little bit early? Cody Simon saw a lot of action and he played a little bit more three linebacker. So what does this do? You have the four down linemen, you got downs and you got ransom up high. There's six, Igbenosin and, um, Igbenosin and Burke on the outsides. And then you got three guys in the middle that you're trying to figure out. You got Styles. You got Simon, you got Hicks, you, you got Hancock. You can figure it out basically just depending on matchup. And that's a great place for Jim Knowles to be right now. You know, you, you don't have to worry, you know what, how are we going to do this? Do we have to put a guy who's not ready? Do we have to? No, you, you can put a guy in there to completely dependent upon the matchup. If you're playing a running team, you know, when you play Michigan next year, guess what? Maybe Jordan Hancock doesn't play as much. And when you play Oregon, well, guess what? Maybe Sonny Styles doesn't play as much unless you want to have Sonny Styles in the box. Maybe Cody Simon doesn't play as much. You've got a billion different things that you can do in the middle of that defense to make it as effective as possible. And frankly, I don't really see a ton of holes in that defense if that's what this defense is going to be. So, yeah, it just the creativity that Jim Knowles and staff are currently going to be able to have with this defense because you've got a player like Caleb Downs on the back end, it's frankly ridiculous. Nathan, when I look at this defense on paper right now, 
you look at that defensive line with JT and Jack coming back, two former five-star recruits who were pretty good last year and maybe takes another step. And then you've got Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry and potentially Edric Houston and Mitchell Melton behind those. That's a pretty deep room. When you look at the defensive tackle depth, even if you lose Mike Hall, you've got Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, Hero Canoe, uh, Taiwan Malone, you know, J- Jason Moore. We can keep going right there. At cornerback, as Andrew mentioned, you've got two sets of guys that I think they're going to feel like they can trust out there. Even if you think Denzel Burke and Davis Igbenosin still play the bulk of the meaningful snaps, if something happens to one of those two guys or both of those guys, I don't think Tim Walton is going to bat an eye if he has to roll out there with Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson Hunt as his cornerbacks. And then you've got top 50 recruit, five-star recruit behind that who are going to be developing as true freshmen. We're talking about the safety room and what Caleb Downs does to that. That was already going to be a pretty good room. Now it's probably the best room in the country, maybe, arguably, when you talk about it. The only question mark is that linebacker, where you do have Cody Simon back, who at least eases some of that. You're not playing two brand-new starters. But the other two guys, you've got a top 100 recruit in Gabe Powers, and then C.J. Hicks, a former top 10 recruit that Jim Knowles for two years has been talking about unleashing, and he might get a chance to unleash him at, at this season, finally, after you know, obviously sitting behind some pretty quality guys. I think on paper, this is the deepest and the chance to be the best defense by far that Ryan Day has had. And that even includes 2019, where there were some superstars. Obviously, Chase Young and Jeff Okuda were superstars. And to that next group, you got Malik Harrison and Jay Sean Cornell and Davon Hamilton and Jordan Fuller. Those guys, that was a quality group. I'm not taking anything away from that group. But there are, there's like five, six, or seven guys who might be superstar-level talents next year if this all hits. Yeah, no, I I I just don't I don't know what else to say about I mean, it was already it was already potentially going to be the best defense in the country. You could look at it mm-hmm. on paper before I mean, look at the Cotton Bowl. Like as as just as problematic as the Cotton Bowl was from an offensive standpoint, it was a showcase from a defensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's defense played championship level defense in that game. Like Ohio State's defense showed up and mostly dominated for the majority of that game, a pretty good Missouri offense. I would say better than pretty good Missouri offense. A, a team that, an offense that Ohio State was somewhat worried, not worried, maybe it's not the right word, but you had some questions as to whether or not they would be able to shut that team down the way it had so many other teams that year, and it did. That's arguably, I mean, when you consider how little help it got from the offense that night, mm-hmm. that might have been the best defensive performance all season for Ohio State. Now, you had my call that night. You have to take him away. You did not have Lathan Ransom, so add him in. And now adding Caleb Downs. And then at linebacker, sure, I mean, there's some questions. But there's also potentially some really high-impact answers. We already have floated Sonny Styles out there with a, a body type that seems like it would make that transition. You know, Jim Knowles essentially already called him a Sam linebacker at times this year with the way that they used him in the nickel. And we've seen guys, you know, Pete Werner make an adjustment in t- between 2019 and 2020, going from being a Sam to a, a, a Will, and and did pretty darn good there, and is still doing pretty good in the NFL. You've got Gabe Powers, who I think has been sort of an underrated talent and could be in that mix at Mike Landbacker. You've got Cody Simon, who's started at parts of a couple years now. You've got, I haven't even mentioned C.J. Hicks, the guy that everybody's been waiting for, and maybe he's not a linebacker anymore, but just the the, the sheer 
depth of talent that they've stacked up on defense here is a little bit staggering. If you if you look at it from the lens of where they were, let's say, 2021, like just th- three years ago now, like where that defense was and how great that offense was and how it really didn't have a chance to get where it needed to go because it just was not going to be able to overcome the the downfall, of the, the, the deficiencies of that defense. And then now, um, looking at where they are now, if, if you start to fix any of these problems, if the transfer portal uh, help that they got from Alabama on the offensive line in uh, Seth McLaughlin and, and some improvement there, and if Will Howard comes through, the other transfer did, and then Quinchon Judkins, it's not like they're not adding high-quality starter on, on the offense too, like it's they've won the off season. Like they're not, mm-hmm. they haven't just won the off season. They're like uh, ruling it. the off season, and mm-hmm. it's uh, the, the the kind of the phrase that immediately came to my mind was in that time in the time span. So what are we? We're talking about basically three weeks since the Cotton Bowl. It's gone from like an embarrassment to an embarrassment of riches, like everything mm-hmm. that they've added and. They are now going to go from from a, a program that that night was reeling a little bit. You know, people questioning just kind of the fabric of the program, and I understand why, considering what they saw that night, it was it was pretty ugly in some ways. And to to be now, it's it's them or Georgia that you're giving your preseason number one vote to, and I think if it's anyone else, you shouldn't have the vote. I don't know who else. It's right now on paper, this might be the best collection of talent in the country. So look at their schedule and find me who scores 21 points against them. It's after 17 points. I mean, let's just talk well, about see, the, we'll see. what well, they did this year. Well, well, here's the thing. So it's, it's give, Akron, Oregon some credit when they play yeah. at home. That's yeah. the thing. So it's, okay. it's Akron, Western Michigan, Marshall at Michigan State, Iowa at Oregon. And I think that's the one where you would say like, okay, if they're going to give up points, it would be that. But then Nebraska mm-hmm. at Penn State, Purdue at Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan. Find me the team that's going to score more than two touchdowns on this team. You can't find it unless it's Oregon. And even then, you're still like, Is, what? Oregon just lost Heisman Trophy candidate, a quarterback. They're, I don't know what they're going to look like offensively. They might not be as good. Like, there's <laughs> – it's 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 – frankly, it is another kind of move – we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the year of, or the beginning of the off season, I should say of a, you know, Hey, look, this is kind of a, you know, this is a big year for Ohio state. This to me kind of feels like the like F them picks Rams that won the super bowl over the Bengals, because this is kind of it, right? Like if you, you, you had all these questions and concerns about the NIL program, well, you just kept a bunch of dudes and then you just brought in the number one transfer player and you just brought in the number one recruit in the country. So the number one recruit and the number one transfer player come to Ohio State, both of them from the South. Then you keep all of the guys on your team that could have gone to the NFL and you keep a lot of those guys. And I just I look at this team and I'm like, you know what? I said on on one of the pods that I think this team kind of had to make the final four or else you had some questions. If not now, when? Right. Like, look at this roster and tell me if this team isn't going to win a national championship or make a national championship game and, you know, lose a close game to another equally great team. If not now, when? And that's kind of where I'm at with this. Like, this is Mark Pantone 
tweet the at Ohio State tweeted a gif of pushing your chips into the middle of the table. Everybody knows what this season is for Ohio State, and I think that this acquisition of Caleb Downs is kind of the exclamation point on it. It's the Devin Brown tweet about burning the boats. There's no looking back for Ohio State. This is it. 2024 is it. If you lose in the quarterfinals or you you lose in the first round on the road or something like that, if you don't win the Big Ten, if you have the same problems that you have had in the past couple of years, heads are going to roll. Because this team is too ta- this team is probably the most talented team in college football right now. And every question that you could have had about this team is answered. You got the best secondary in the country, probably. You got the best defensive line in the country, probably. You got the best running back tandem in the country, probably. Receiver, maybe by the end of the year, because you got the number one receiver who might be a number one freshman receiver who might be in this class. You got Emeka Buka who might be a first round pick, who's gonna try to be a first round pick. You've got Carnell Tate who looked really good and maybe could be a f- future first round pick. You got future first round picks all over this roster. And if you can't do it now, when can you do it? So this is this is it. Like to me, this is kind of the end of an era for Ohio State. Because if you don't win, if if you don't have kind of that type of season where you make a run in the playoff, things are gonna change. So it has to be now. And and this is just kind of the exclamation point on that. And by the way, Caden Proctor is still out there in the transfer portal and Mm -hmm. Ohio State maybe pursuing him to try to add him to the offensive line mix. It's just, if if, if you had told people, okay, the Ohio State's just going to run it back with last year's defense more or less and get like 8% better on offense, I mean, that's already, they were already right there. They were already one of the four best teams in the country. They were already right there. And if you just, just that amount of incremental improvement would have maybe made them the national championship favorite or at least it, it, it put, put them... It, it just and that and now what they've done is better than that. They're going to be better than the defense they had last year. Should be barring something going really wrong from a health standpoint. And they've they're better than eight percent better on offense, I think. And that's with still some trepidation as to what Will Howard will look like exactly in this mix. It's, he's got to make some big adjustments as a first year guy coming into a new system, new offensive coordinator, all that stuff. But just in terms of sheer talent. And, and the other acquisition additions that they've made, um, yeah, it, it's 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 a big answer. It's a it was a big answer to legitimate questions that were there on that night of December 29th in uh, Arlington, Texas, when um, they they were embarrassed that night. I think in a number of ways, not on defense, but just as a as a program, kind of to their pride, and to now be standing where they are is. Um, it's been it's been aggressive and it's been impactful to say the least. Hey, Will Howard, score fourteen points a game. Good luck. That's his job. <laughs> That's all you got to do. The hashtag reload the clip. They reloaded the clip, but also put better bullets, like upgraded the bullets. Like this is like the ultimate. It's and it's almost the way this has worked out. And I don't know if how all this was planned or not, but you see this sometimes in recruiting where. You see commitments happen on top of each other, and it feels like it's momentum for a team in the recruiting classes. Ohio State often, they get their classes in these bunches. It felt like that with how this worked out. It was like, hey, this player's coming back. Hey, this player's coming back. Hey, we just got Will Howard out the transfer portal. Hey, this player's coming back. Hey, we think we just upgraded our safety coach. Hey, this player's coming back. Hey, we just, we just hired this offensive coordinator. Psst. Now we're going to hit you with the big shot. 
Caleb Downs is coming to Ohio State when we all thought he was going to Georgia. And to your point, Nathan, Caden Proctor is still out there. And, I mean, anything's possible now with how this is working out for Kevin, Ohio State. Kevin Garnett. I, I agree with you, Andrew. This is kind of an all-in, now-or-never situation. But as you guys were talking, I was thinking about something because the Michigan cloud is still there for Ryan Day. Back in 2022, Caleb Downs showed up for the Ohio State-Michigan game. He was committed to Alabama, and this was like Ohio State's last big effort to try to flip him. And it was like questions that whole week of like, is this dude actually going to show up? Because if he shows up, we're in business. But if he doesn't, then he's just going to end up at Bama. And then he showed up, and I'm like standing there in the walkway, and you know where we typically stand down there on the field. And he comes walking down, and it's like, oh, Caleb Downs is here. And you can just see everybody, all the fans who are like there just kind of light up. Like, oh, this is possible. We might get this guy. They didn't get him. But he was in the stands that day watching, watching what was going on, watching some of those problems, watching it get better, but not quite be what it has been, what it was this past year. He was there and now he's going to be there again in 2024, but he's going to be on the field for you and he's going to be making plays in that game and the 11 games before that, all because at nine o'clock at night on a Friday evening, when it felt like all signs reported towards he was just going to join his position coach in Athens and go to Georgia. He's going to come to Ohio State, and Ohio State ends up winning that recruitment on the back end, all because the greatest college football coach of all time just decided to retire. This, they're all, it's all in, Nathan. This is, it, I agree with Andrew. This is a now or never situation for Ohio State. When you look at what this defense is and what we look, think the upside of what this offense might look like, even though you just lost Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, look, I- we should we should probably acknowledge who the big winner in all this is. It's Matt Gurrieri, the new safety coach. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be thanking a, Tim Walton. <laughs> he, had, he was already having a pretty good month, uh, but just getting the job and then having you know Lathan Ransom and Jordan Hancock both come back. But uh, this is quite a gift to to start off with in that room for him. Now, listen, I I'm trying to like, I think people who watch Buckeye Talk listen to Buckeye Talk a lot know that we are not over the top, um, always uh, uh, scarlet colored glasses kind of. I think we try to keep it real. I think we try to have an, an, an even toned analysis. And when we don't think it's there, we'll say so. And that goes, you know, position group to position group or player to player or coach to coach or season to season. Um, but it's hard not to look at what's happened in the past three weeks. Because again, and I'm coming at it from a person who, I think you could look at it very soberly coming out of the Michigan game and say, okay, yes, it's another rivalry loss. It's a third straight loss to Michigan. There's a certain level of unacceptability from that standpoint, but you can also look at it as they had the ball in their hands, lost by six on the road to the eventual national champions. That was the one loss they took. Like their season wasn't any worse than Washington's in that regard. If you look at just performance, because they ended up losing to the same teams and, Ohio State just lost at the wrong time, didn't have its chance because of its conference setup to to, to do what, what Washington did. So it's they didn't have that they didn't fall that far, and they didn't have that far to climb to just be right back where they were this past season, which as I said, you know, one of the four best teams in the country. And they've they've certainly at worst maintained 
that standing. And it's it's probably going to be a now eight month hype train that now and that's that's the one thing that I still like typically Ohio State has benefited from being overlooked or slighted or you know whether it's even just a perception of of um, being underrated disrespect and yeah a, a perception of disrespect Ryan Day's kind of been a master of really you know using that and I don't know if they're going to get to August and still be <laughs> disrespected and underrated. I think over like over these next eight months, people are going to slowly forget about the Cotton Bowl and start to realize what's on paper here, what's on this roster, and what the expectations. If you just took the names off of all the teams in the country and and looked at this roster, where would you, what would you be expecting of it? That's that's what we're looking at now. So Caleb Downs is a Buckeye. Caleb Downs, that's another huge addition to Ohio State's defense. Get the text 614-350-3315 when that information came out and went straight to your phone first before anywhere else. Two-week free trial, $399 after that. Ohio State, another big addition to its defense. For Nathan Baird, for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means. That is Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.